please. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate Cage cast, where we discuss each of the National Treasure's cinematic masterpieces and his life. We also try to glean whatever kernels of wisdom we can from his character that week. My name is Linda Castro, but you can call me The Cheese. I'm Donnie, and you can call me anytime. I'm Adrian, and I am not your brother. <laughs> you always be my baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Today we're discussing the first of the three Cage films of 1993, Amos and Andrew. It's a comedic commentary on the unfortunately still current issues surrounding classism and racism. Comedy. <laughs> it's uh, wacky. Satire. Yeah. Uh, Amos uh, and so. Andrew. Amos and Andrew's show. show. Uh, does anybody want to give a summary of the movie? Uh, summary. So uh, nope. it's about how there's racism sometimes, and sometimes oh. it happens to people. Yes, yeah, sometimes you have people that have black lawn jockeys on their yard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, white people be so, kinky and druggies. So uh, in 1993, you know, you gotta save the cagey um, wisdom. White, white, white suburbia island, you know, is is a security yeah. suburb, and uh, breaking out is impossible. Breaking in is insane. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I guess I'll fucking do it. Uh, uh, Samuel Jackson plays the character Andrew, uh, <clears throat> who Andrew Sterling moves. He's on Forbes, Andrew. And GQ. Yes, he's, he's GQ. Um, he uh, is a famous playwright, author, and as they put it, celebrity. Uh, just general celebrity, I guess, like Paris Hilton. And uh, he's uh, he bought a, an expensive house in a so-called liberal neighborhood with a bunch of white people. Um, well, they claim over and over it's a liberal neighborhood. Yes. And uh he uh stays in the in the new house uh for a little while and uh his for a very little while. new neighbors <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, very little while. His uh neighbors did not know they live in their house uh for the season and they didn't realize that the house was sold and seeing a black man hooking up a stereo in what used to be their friend's house um, made them decide that, oh, there's a black man in this yeah, house. Yeah, Michael Lerner's so like, my God, he's taking everything. Stealing. Well, and you also yeah. forgot that his wife screamed as if she just saw a murder and all she saw was a black man moving a stereo. And she keeps saying, a black man, a black man. A black man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my stars. Because <laughs> apparently if, if, if a black man comes to this island, he's only there for one thing. Stereos. <laughs> Stereos. <laughs> and so they call the uh the police and get the police out there. Uh and the the chief of police is uh Mr. Dabney Coleman. Yeah, Cecil Tolliver in this case. Tolliver. Who's also running for city commissioner, yeah. I believe. Yeah, uh some County political thing. Or something. Yeah. County racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says the N word at one so, point. He does. 
And in fact, I think two two times. Yeah, it's the same scene. Uh, you know. Well, it's one, once is referring to the first time. Yeah. No, true, true. So uh, he goes out with his uh, police officers, including uh, the voice of Chucky fucking and Brad fucking Dorif. He's not just yes. blackface for some reason. What's Night Ops? <laughs> But no, no goddammit, yeah. Brad Dorf, he was in a John Huston movie, he was in multiple Milos Forman That's movies, true. he was in a Dario Argento movie, he's Brad fucking Dorf. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And he's and the, the uh, graveyard doc shit. from Deadwood. Yes. Yeah, Brad fucking Dorf. And I love me some Deadwood. Um, so, yeah, uh, his character decides to get in blackface, uh, because it's Night Ops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, he accidentally sets off, um, in in this case, in this movie, he's a moron and, um, he sets off, uh, Andrew Sterling's car alarm for his BMW and yeah, for his BMW. And so he came out and, um, tried to turn off the, the car alarm. an early version of one of those key fob things. Yes. And Brad Dorf being, uh, an idiot, thought uh saw the the i mean it it was the early 90s but it's pretty small key fob he's got a good well you 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 remember yeah, he you decides remember he has casino a gun. where they shoot the guy over the foil wrapped sandwich because they think it's a gun yeah. cops just do that <laughs> like this yeah. it's not even a comedy that's real life it's like you put your finger at a cop they shoot you <laughs> unfortunately Oh God! Well, thanks for bringing. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's face it. This movie wasn't really a comedy. No, it tried, no. and it's like, why are you laughing? Yeah, it, yeah. It, once you start yeah. laughing, it's like. <laughs> oh, but please tell us about Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, he's in this uh, too. Yeah, so Nick Cage plays a um, a, a prisoner in the jail. Amos. And once, um, once okay, okay, so I should say that the neighbors also believe that um, a black man could not own such a nice car, the BMW, so obviously he's taken the family that used to live there as hostage. Uh, hostages. Yeah, because they cooked up this crackpot so, theory about about their neighbors' kids being home for graduation, and the car yeah. must be their graduation present. And this lady just sort of puts the it together all by herself. Almost runs them over, right? Yeah, it was like, well, they must have just been out joyriding. She's just like got this story that she elaborates on her own, and everybody just sort of gets into, and it's yeah, really just tiresome. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, so. Uh, Dabney Coleman's character decides to sweep this under the rug because he's got an election coming up. Because so he figures out that he, the, the person in the house is actually the owner. Yeah. Right. And and famous. Uh, a famous black man. <laughs> so, oh, even though Dabney Coleman's never heard of him. man tells him yeah, he, that he needs I happen to know Amateur black. reporter. It's like, it's like, don't remember what he does, actually, but he is black, by the way. I just thought I'd mention yes, that. He's, there's, my yeah, eyebrows and I have concluded that he is yeah. black. <laughs> like Linda said, he's like, he's famous, and I know one thing, he's black. <laughs> it's like, okay. I think that was a sort of gouge <laughs> in the ribs there. It's like, black man in the house, huh? Famous black man around, too. Hmm. Coinky did. I don't think so. Hmm. <laughs> so 
um, he Tolliver realizes that this is uh, not going to be looking good for him. Uh, having one of his police officers shooting at a black man who, in fact, owns the home uh, after they assumed that he had a gun and he was robbing the place blind and holding hostages. So he sends Snake uh, Plissken in to disfuse the situation. Yeah. so he works out a deal with um known pedophile uh (laughs) amos hey she looked 18 come on you guys (laughs) what am i supposed to card every one of them there's so many i get like what the hell it's like it said contributing to the delinquency of a minor and his response is to grin and go she looked 18 yeah and he does the eyebrow these are two different crimes you're describing here (laughs) well i i I have a little pet theory that this that the emacs fry didn't actually write this and the whole movie is an improv session that got out of control i hope so that's the only thing that explains it makes sense That checks out. Um, So uh, he has Nick Cage's character, Amos, go in and um, uh, pretend that there was a jailbreak and he was uh, he was the the gunman holding. So he has Nick Cage also get in like really lame amateur blackface so that he'll think he's the same guy as Brad Dorif who shot up his car. Yeah. Which at some point, like, he washes off, but I don't think they showed that. I think it just no, well, they showed him wiping off. it off. Mm. He wiped it off, but then he also oh. did his patented Nick Cage hair whip, where he just starts whipping his head back and forth. <laughs> he, he had some of his worst hair in this movie, I just have to say. Yes, he did, but um, I'll wait until after the synopsis is done to bring up something really wonderful I noticed about him in the jail cell. Oh, no. Well, that's kind of really it. Like, like they they started getting at something important, I guess. But then, like, oh, I guess you mean the like, toward monkeys? the end of the movie. Yeah, l- l- yeah, little bit exactly. of jokey dog day um, afternoon. Little bit of, uh, little bit of, this is also kind of like a really crappy version of the ref. Yeah, yeah. Yes, with, with, yes. Except you know, like we don't have any Dennis with a Leary. lot more racism. With a <laughs> lot more, yeah. I think yeah. I think yeah. See, the ref was this delightfully crass Christmas movie with Dennis Leary holding uh, Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. and Judy Davis hostage, you know, and sorting out their marital problems, you know, while holding a gun on them. Where yeah. whereas as this thing, you know, like it's it's kind of just like yeah, racism exists. Oh, let's examine our feelings a little bit. Yeah, no, when in racist cops and sexually. Well, yeah, it's fuck the police is what it boils down to. And Sam Jackson had it bad because he's brown. So they thought they had the authority to send Nick Cage in to kidnap a minority and shit went down. It didn't go out how they thought. Like, like it it kind of starts off like, like they can actually really do something with this movie. And then it just turned into like a weird, like the, the, the the obvious like push pull kind of a things like, like the situation was, was going to be uh, deescalated, but Dabney Coleman, you know, it's an election year and that's what motivates him to just give Nicholas Cage's name to the press and try Mm -hmm. to make himself look bigger, violating his promise to Nicholas Cage, making Nicholas Cage go back on his end of the deal. And then it looks like it's all going to come apart and, and, because uh, Dabney Coleman's in the house, but Dabney Coleman uses the N-word, and Samuel L. Jackson cannot yeah. abide that, so he hits him in the head with a frying pan. Well, yeah, that's when it's like his second plan comes into play with, fine, go ahead, shoot Sam Jackson, and I'll just kill you and come out the hero in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this movie just couldn't decide what it wanted to be. All he and said was like, black chick. Yeah, but your boyfriend looks like one of those angry black guys. We cool, G. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of this uh, Robert Downey Jr. film with uh, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Due Date, 
where it's like, it's kind of a comedy, but then there's just serious bits put in there that have no fucking purpose at all because they don't go anywhere. And it's like with this. And it just feels like it doesn't fit. This movie actually could have used some more comedy in it. And, um, it really could have because they just had too many issues. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little too topical. Um, yeah. Like, like you know, comedies are best. Like, this movie has the one misunderstanding, except it's an unfunny racist misunderstanding. You know? It yeah. was like, it's a, a yeah. series of, of whimsical misunderstandings, you know? Like, pl- playing whimsical on... Whimsical pe- racism. P- playing on people's fears, you know? Yeah, it's like I also think time, it would have been uh, funnier if Dabney Coleman hadn't figured out his mistake so early on. Yeah, because like, it's like by the time yeah. Tolliver says the N-word, it's like this movie was already 100% racist. Now it's like 112% more racist. <laughs> I, dialed it I like to yeah. take a moment to to uh, discuss uh, Mr. Jackson here, uh, you know, Sir, uh, oh, Sir yes. Samuel L. Jackson. Please yeah. do. So, uh, so this is, this is, this is, this is, this is the, this is the period where the fame was starting to get going for him, but it's before Pulp Fiction, so it wasn't really cemented, you know? Yeah. Because after that, you know, he was, his name's on everybody's list, you know, because before that he was like, he had small parts and, and stuff like Goodfellas, you know, it like, and, uh, Jurassic Park and Exorcist 3. Yeah. No, this is, this is actually right before he played the severed arm in Jurassic Park. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, Samuel Jackson is actually 45 years old in this movie, you know? People wow. forget he started kind of late. Um, True, uh, but he uh, he he done he did like one movie in the seventies, and then like at the beginning of the eighties, he was actually in James Glickenhaus's The Exterminator with with uh, Robert oh. Ginzey, and 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 I don't know which part he was in in there, but I assume he's one of the many people that Robert Ginzey just blows away. Um, <laughs> but uh, so uh, in the nineteen sixties, uh, Samuel Jackson was on college campuses, and he was heavily involved in civil rights. Um, He was an usher at Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral, um, and he was actually on one of the campuses where they held administration hostage to try to change the curriculum to get it more, you know, like uh, multicultural. And so he actually had a felony conviction from that. (laughs) Um, But uh, one of the things that really got his uh, career started in the early 90s was uh, coming – Basically, straight out of rehab, he played the crackhead in uh, in Spike Lee's Jungle Fever with mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes, um, which is a wonderful performance from him. It is a embarrassing, terrible movie because <laughs> in that movie, Spike Lee's thesis is miscegenation is just wrong. If you marry outside your race, the devil will never forgive you. Devil win. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's Samuel L. Jackson, everybody. <laughs> Yay. There's a quote from him talking about how like if you're gonna if they're gonna cast a black man in a movie they're gonna get Denzel Washington if they can't get him they'll probably try to get Forrest Whitaker or Wesley Snipes after them they call me oh Forrest Whitaker <laughs> yeah so we we talked a well, little bit about now it's probably Wesley Snipes at the uh, end oh poor Mr. <laughs> he's, Snipes. he's trying uh, so we got Michael Listen. Lerner in this thing Michael Lerner who who plays uh, who plays the lawyer Gilman there uh, who who's, <laughs> who's he and his wife have the adorable racist misunderstanding and uh, the wife that owns like eight dildos in a perfectly lined up drawer that's that's how you do you got to organize your dildos you know you got to gauge them you know just like the forks at a dinner <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. It's just proper etiquette, Donnie. Jesus. But you know, he was—he's a character actor. Like, if, even if you don't know who he is, you've seen him in something. Like, he was in Barton Fink by the Coen Brothers as the studio head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in uh, Woody Allen's Celebrity. He was in Harlem Nights. Like, he pops up just about everywhere. Oh, Harlem Nights! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dabney <laughs> Coleman is Dabney Coleman. Uh, he was born in 1932. Yes. Uh, I I remember him best for playing Mr. Hart in Nine to Five, which is you know amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was in Cloak and Dagger and Modern Problems. 
And he was in fucking Rolling Thunder with William Devane. Rolling Thunder. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> and uh, he was oh. also on an episode of Columbo. He was on the episode with – I'm pretty sure he was Ooh. on the episode where there were where there were two Martin Landau's. You would be Double right. shot. Yes. Yeah, and that one, he's like he's like the cool, like, gum-chewing badass detective. He's like, that's still up to the lieutenant. <laughs> uh, so our, our, our atrocity this week um, was uh, the only movie ever directed by screenwriter E. Max Fry. That kind of shows. Yes. Uh, e. Max Fry is a name that was sort of bouncing around in my head, and I thought he was like an old-timey guy, because like, that sounds like the name of somebody who'd like hang out with Betty Boop. You know, yeah. it's like super old-timey sounding. But no, he's a dude from the 90s. Um, so he wrote uh, Something Wild by Jonathan Demme, um, which is a problematic film. Um, uh, he wrote Paul Meadow with Woody Harrelson which also is a pretty problematic film. And he wrote that Paul Newman thing, Where the Money Is, which I never thought was all that great either. Mm. And I think he's involved with The Alienist. So he's still working. Like, just, he doesn't, he just oh, doesn't yeah. get a lot. He's a writer for yeah. And um, this movie also includes, it's, it's a smaller part, but as Officer Earl, it has Chelsea Ross, who is um, awesome, for one. And he was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Right and uh major league and he was also in mad men oh big good fun so so he keeps ordering pizzas but you never see him eat one what the fuck i know i kind of wonder what he knows how to yeah he he only knows how to pick up and creep on underage girls but yeah no he he wants a giant combination Mm. pizza but hey you're 17 i'm sure not (laughs) (laughs) Well, when he does get the pizza from the uh the underage pizza delivery girl, he like he holds it all funky like like parallel to himself. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> like, holds like it as if there's it. no damn pizza in there. And then he just kind of chucks exactly. it and be like, "Hey, a pizza. All right. Pizza smells nice. You know what smells nice?" Yeah, statutory rape. <laughs> Underage ladies. <laughs> it just kind of reminded me of Ed Norton in Birdman when he's like, this isn't real whiskey. I want real fucking whiskey. That's <laughs> trash the place. Like, yeah, there's no pizza. This is just a box. You people know that. Come on. <laughs> they don't even show a pizza. <laughs> you got... Are you saying it was a cur- like a character choice? They even yes, mentioned the pizza choice. in that crappy rap that runs over the end credits. <laughs> you no. did not say okay. that about Sir Mix-a-Lot, sir. That was exactly. Sir Mix-a-Lot. And oh, I thought I thought they used the sound <laughs> yes. And you can't besmirch that movie because or that that I song because it it practices the the beautiful forgotten art of making a rap song. For a movie, uh, yeah, but it's yeah, not no, going to be. I, I, I know it's a not much. Beat Freddie and the Fat Boy. I know a much, much better example of that. Whoa, <laughs> the Adams Family. There it is. Whoa, the Adams Family. Oh there it is. <laughs> so before we get into how apparently being kidnapped makes neglected housewives with dildo collections super horny for black men. Um, can we also get huh? into how I think there's a Zandali tie-in? I don't know if you guys notice this or not. Oh, no. Nick Cage, he has a pool ball of a four oh, yes. and play put underneath it. 
and it looks like it was sharpied on his arm. It okay, yes, yes, yes. I did, I did notice that. I'm like, those are the most drawn on tattoos I have ever seen. He got some Crayola non toxic markers right quick and put that on. And then at some point, he says that, um, he that he's afraid of needles. That's and why he had to draw the tattoos on. Andrew, <laughs> he asked him, like, he said, well, well, how, why do you have those those tattoos? What about the tattoos? And he says, well, that's different. Yeah, Sharpie's Because permanent. I was drunk. <laughs> he was drunk and they like, told him that they were tattoos, but like, they just drew on him. You know, given how stupid like, they made his character, drunk, it, it made sense. Drew. I don't know geography or nothing. Isn't this Canada? This random island? <laughs> Yeah. So yes. they say up there. So this oh. is this is supposed to be like Maine or New England or some something, right? I think it's supposed to be yeah. New England. I mean, yeah. it was shot. It was shot in South Carolina. And but, you know, um, like, oh. we should also say that his character, uh, Nick, Nick Cage's character, Amos, is a fucking moron. Yeah, he just <laughs> wants to get to Canada and he just can't do it. He tried to change out end, some Canadian. They're like kind of cool with each other, and <laughs> Nick Cage takes off like he he drives the uh, racist, racist white neighbor's car, car and he's driving it the wrong to... way. <laughs> yes, he's heading to to uh, Canada and driving north. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> funny times, funny times. Yeah, real, Jesus real fucking Christ. funny. Yeah. Fucking early nineties comedies. We're squarely in 90s territory anymore, by the way. There's no more growing pains. Oh, God, yeah. You know, it's like, like as soon as they oh, started yeah. playing the musical cue to let you know when it panned up to the board, the billboard of Tolliver, it's like, that lets you know he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I remember you, 90s. Speaking of the music, though, um, I was wondering, like, they, they opened the movie with... Um, what is it? Um, Somewhere uh, the sea. beyond the yes. sea, she's the... Yes, so- when they're showing you the contrast between the dirty, grimy jail that Nick Cage is in and the dirty, racist white land that Sam Jackson's flowing through. But what the hell did that song have nothing. to do with the movie? It had nothing. Yeah, it's just the whole I mean, it's on. A, it's set on an island, but, you majestic. know... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Except it's like it's like everything ferry. back then. It's like let's get something kind of Sinatra-y, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to get the white people. Although I think for it was the, the Bobby Darin about version. to laugh at. Yeah, yeah it's the Dami- uh, Bobby Bobby yeah, Darin at the Copa tomorrow. Definitely. But no, what you mentioned yeah. about the uh, screenwriter directing this, it kind of showed because one of my other favorite moments of just pure stupidity early on is when the white racist couple and the lawyer come across the uh, independent press man and he's like You're oh, a I'm usually here for independent stories and he flashes a sign that says press and he just looks at him like he figured out a fucking mystery he's like you're a reporter it's like yeah, yeah, the yeah. fucking badge <laughs> so, that said press didn't fucking the, tell the, you that the, the Gilmans I guess I, I think the Gilmans are supposed to be the filmmakers take on like everything that's wrong with white people yeah they you are know, because they're also the first ones you see that are smoking joints in their home right yeah yeah you know blitzed. they're 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 yeah. racist but he's super proud about the defending the chicago seven like back in the 60s or whatever the shit you know yeah. and and yet they they, they listen to uh, i think it was supposed to be cream they listen to some cream or the non-copyrighted par- portion of a cream song and smoke a joint they have bondage gear you know because white people yeah. are kinky and it's dirty <laughs> yes, and they're all Andy, stupid and so petty and obsessed perfect. with getting on tv you know yeah, and not only petty, but yeah, they're obsessed with their dog getting on fucking TV, yeah, and yeah, he's obsessed yeah. with keeping his 
ex-wife's $50,000 car versus No, no, that was his wives. second wife. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> very, very emotional attachments. Like, don't take my car. In fact, so much that he was willing to let Nick Cage's character shoot his current wife <laughs> in the head with a shotgun. Yeah, well, that, and that, and that, that, that bit's, the, that the bit's supposed to be funny right there because like, he, he, they got the bondage gear on him. They both got a headpiece. And Michael Werner's yeah. got, got the thing covering the mouth and she's got the thing covering the eyes. And she's like, do what? Or what? Shoot what? Yeah. You know, it's like, ha ha, ha ha. It's like, you know, you like you, you, a little, little too on the nose with the stupid there, you know? Yeah, I think this is this is another one. This is another. This is this is this kind of like uh, honeymoon in Vegas. This is another comedy that like the like it it it's it it doesn't it doesn't really set up the things it needs to set up. No, it misses a lot of beats. And and there's and there's a lot of weird, especially beginning there. There's there's all these weird silences, and Samuel Jackson is pretty much mute until he's until the cops are shooting at him. Yeah, I mean it. And go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. well, he kind of like the the director just and writer kind of just like shoehorns things in there that like that don't belong in there. Like when the couple's smoking a joint, like smoking the devil's grass, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. um, like, like what the fuck? Like it was just the show that they get high and oh, they're kinky perverts and yeah. Well, they're like, supposed okay. to be big, huge, like like you know, spineless hypocrites. Like like they 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 talk yeah. to the sheriff and they're like, yeah. is there anything we could do to help? Uh, police activity excites us. Yay! Oh, it's like well, you can uh, run for me, you know, vote for me uh, when I uh, run for county commission here and they both take the buttons and they're wearing them and they're like we're big supporters of the chief of police yeah and that's what they even said in front of the tv it's like we're basically in the campaign for this guy it's like they're just they're all playing caricatures everyone in this is a caricature it but it's like i talked to lucille about this it's like back in the 60s and 70s there were a lot of films like this like the uh the thing with two heads and it's like just a lot of let's mash up some racist white guy with a black man and see what hilarious ensues raymond Land's head onto Rosie Greer's shoulder. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's like most of these movies, some of them were just outright horrible, but others actually had funny shit in them. This movie was like, oh, let's bring that back. It's like, no, you you don't want to do that. You don't have to do that, and you shouldn't do that. If they'd but done they anything did. to set a tone, you know, like Yeah. It's like the only thing they did is like tried saying, okay, we're gonna make the white people the most villainous we can and most characterized in this. But at the same time, they're not really addressing the issues that they're bringing up with this. They're well, trying also, to make a deep, meaningful statement yeah. in a comedy, but nothing in this is fucking funny. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's an unfunny comedy, and and they're and they're it looks like they're missing their message quite a bit, especially uh, when uh, Samuel Jackson's like. Uh, you know, a uh, re- reverend friend, you know, rallies, rallies the troops and you get oh, like, yeah, people yeah. calling. It's like, bring us brother Sterling. Yes. You know, go on, Linda. Yeah. Um, I, I was just going to mention that, um, that he was played by, um, Oh God, I just had it too. Come on. Don't, don't not have it, man. <laughs> Giancarlo, right? Uh, yeah. Giancarlo yeah. Esposito, Esposito who played, um, yeah. Who was in, uh, Breaking Bad as uh as gus fring yes 
I, I, I couldn't was, watch that whole show. Also on Do the Right Thing. Hey, Do the Right Thing. Okay, I saw that one. Everyone in there this movie was really obsessed with network coverage. That's the one thing they kept shouting repeatedly about this movie. And then you get Bob Balaban as 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 the uh, as the messed up uh, therapist slash freelance uh, hostage negotiator who's kind of off by himself on the walkie-talkie, tormenting oh, yeah. uh, Danny oh, Coleman. It's like I wanted oh, a pony, God, and how they I returned pony. my bunny to the pet store because it bit me. <laughs> and uh, my friend peed on the floor, and she was really embarrassed. But there was a clown, and I had fun. <laughs> yeah. I actually loved. So Bob Balaban was was in uh, was in uh, Ken Russell's Altered States, and he delivered my favorite line in that one. It's like oh, I don't yeah. think I'm going to sleep for a year. I am on fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in Gosford Park, yep. uh, Close Encounters yeah, of the Close Third Kind, and uh, wasn't he in Waiting yeah. for Guffman? Uh, you know, I want to say that he was. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't, but. Eh, yeah. I don't know. Hey, but, waiting for um, government though. That was pretty way, good. I wish we watched this that awesome, instead. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, hey, we can't also forget that dogs apparently are also very racist, which I can understand. Was, was, no, well, uh, apparently this movie pays uh, homages to things like the Defiant Ones, but like, so, so you get racist white neighbors with the with the white dog. Could that have been a reference Rommel. to, uh, to name Rommel, right? <laughs> you know. Well, you know, uh, was that could that have been a reference to Samuel Fuller's movie White Dog from 1980? You know, <laughs> mm. also it could be a setup uh, for Ghost. They dog. keep they keep talking about how the dog's named Rommel, and I guess I guess they're trying to like imply a kind of Nazi thing. Except Rommel wasn't really a pro Nazi yeah. guy; he was one of the guys who tried to take out Hitler. Yeah, like so that's like that's a, just a historical like like snafu right there. You're like your, your reference doesn't even make sense. I know this is well, the matter, uh, it's yeah. If they named it Goebbels or it's something, it's just another yeah. thing where it's like they're the white couple is just making asses out of themselves. Oh, where yeah, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, we're we're anti uh, racism, and um, even at one point he says um, when he's talking to the reporter, he the the lawyer says. Um, I'm not a racist, but <laughs> when you see he says it statement. twice, yeah. Exactly. When you see a black man with uh, holding stereo on this island, like, you know the, good yeah. and well what he's <laughs> going to do. Yeah. And then and then they make and Samuel Jackson's uh, character uh, uh, paranoid because because he tells Nicolas Cage that he's a, a thorn in the side of the white man, and he yes. says, "You're an assassin, aren't you?" And so, like, like every everything's a little bit tuned yeah. up, and yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say, Donnie? No, go ahead. You still are going. Oh, I was just gonna say that, like, that you should never ever start a sentence if you ever start a sentence off with "I'm not a racist," but yeah, you're probably a fucking. Racist. I mean, it just reminds Unless me of you Archer when you say <laughs> that, and it's like, but you're gonna power through it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a racist, but here's a really good try. <laughs> Yeah, but I know this is going to be one of the few movies we get to watch where I actually get to say this, but one of the most delightfully racist moments I enjoyed in this movie, because it was so just what the fuck, is when Brad Dorf decides he's going to break into the house to go and capture and free the chief. And he gets back in blackface. Find nobody's in there. He gets yeah. back in blackface. The SWAT <laughs> team breaks in and catches him. And they tell the chief they caught Sam Jackson's character. And then he finds out, oh, God, it's just Brad Dorf in blackface. He's like, ah, fuck it. Tell him we got Andrew and bring him out the front door. Well, well, like, well, yeah, sure, a white guy in blackface. Yeah, that's that's what you're going to uh, do to since, pass since off this. Since this and... was uh, 1993, we get Asian reporter Trisha Takanawa. 
you know. Yes, we did. Yeah. Or or, uh, oh or Connie God, Chung, you know, like whatever Oy. she was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they land a helicopter, and the press are all scattered by the helicopter coming down, you know, because the L.A. riots had just happened the year before. Yeah. People were like, hey, there's an issue called race. Did you guys know this? No, I had no idea. I just... Uh... You know, um, fun little story. Donnie and I used to live in uh, Southern California around that time. I, and, too, lived in Southern uh, California. We actually had... <laughs> well, I did. Um, we had to uh, hose off the uh, our roof of of our house because we were getting ashes. Yeah, to hose oh, that the, right. the 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 roof off because it was acting like a horny dog. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yes, that's why we had the hose out there because the roof was going. I'm thirsty. Feed me. Well, I, I was <laughs> safe <laughs> over in Ventura, but I I remember seeing the live coverage, and I'm like, oh man, the palm tree next to the children's museum on fire don't burn down my children's museum you (laughs) bastards not the children (laughs) not the orphans fuck you i was like nine (laughs) (laughs) then that museum closed eight years later anyway so damn the man and then you burned it down <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> God hates yeah. This episode, just like the movie, is just bringing us down. Suddenly. Well, yeah, it's it's hard to experience joy when you know a movie like this happens. Well, again, that's why it's yeah. like I kept thinking about the due date because it goes from being really funny to Gilfanakis' character going on about how his dad suddenly didn't love him, care, and support him, and then it's oh, let's get back to the funny stuff. Never mind that. It's like, that's what happened with Nick Cage talking about how he never had a pet because his dad was a hunter and killed and ate every animal. And then he's so sad. I will eat the hamsters. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like (laughs) so set on getting these sea monkeys because they're always happy and they look like what he figured was a perfect family and how they should be. And they're basically and you're like so invested in this. Fucking Sam Jackson is like on the edge of his seat about this. Like, well, so what yeah, happened? Yeah, then what happened? Like, oh, nothing. Yeah. Sea monkeys are bullshit. It's like nothing yeah, grew. Water yeah, got the stale, water got all full of out. scum. You know, I'm allowed to flush yeah, it like, Can't follow directions. Yeah, I'm just too stupid to follow directions, I guess. And <laughs> same thing with Sam Jackson. He talks about a sad fucking instance of his dad being an accountant for a firm for 38 or 36 years. Yeah. Yep. And, and then died immediately after retirement, and nobody yeah. from the company came to the funeral because he was one of the only two black guys Except in the building. Except the only bl- other black person to work there, the janitor. Right. That was the only person to go there. It's like, wow, this is really touching. Ah, fuck it. Let's go to Nick Cage hitting on a 17-year-old pizza girl and getting her phone number. It's like, okay, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Back to the deviant neighbors and their dildo collection. And again, we never saw the pizza. We don't know if it came with breadsticks or anything. Yeah, we don't no. know what kind of dipping sauce. We saw sauce. the lubricant. We don't know if we they put one of those little plastic trees panties. in the box. We don't know if it comes with a little pepper <laughs> yeah. in there. Now, one part of the movie was actually in that scene that, like, totally confused me, where um, the delivery girl says that he's cuter in person. Yes. And I'm thinking, are we looking at the same person? Yeah, you know, once in a while he kind of had the uh, he kind of had the vampire's kiss look, but the rest of the time it just he just kind of looks you know ridiculous. 
Yeah, and this is something really hard for us growing up when me and Linda lived again in California was that our cousin Mike was so obsessed with himself, the guy could not stand to not look at himself and pose in any mirror, no matter what the size was. That's true. And he would always go on about how people thought he was super sexy because he looked like Nicolas Cage. And And people were intimidated. Yes, they were intimidated because of his cageness. Linda knows somebody else who kind of looks like Nicolas Cage. I do. Yeah, is it Nick Cage? No, remember, remember, uh, remember, Freddy. Oh God! You know, old Cage, not like, not like uh, in his prime Cage. Fucking yeah. Freddy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I, in this movie, he looks so fucking terrible. He's got like the um, even on the posters, he looks cap terrible. on one of yeah. his teeth. Oh God! Yeah, it looked like a really horrible Photoshop before Photoshop, like in Honeymoon in mm. Vegas, where he just cut a person's face out and put it in a picture. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's got like this crazy hair that's all over the fucking place. Yeah, and like it was almost like his hair in his craziest moments in um 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 well anything. And he's he's kind of supposed to be like yeah. this like sort of like white trash little life guy, but I don't think they really sell it. No. no, the only no. the only joke I noticed that was consistent in this movie, but again, they didn't do as much with it as they could have, was how after, in the beginning, Nick Cage and Sam Jackson end up tying the chief to a chair with tape. They leave the house, but everyone still thinks they're in the house. Right. And then they like mm-hmm. get scared because they realize, oh God, the chief is freed. And now he's like, okay, I know you're in this house. Get out of there. So they think, oh my God, they know we're in this rich white people's house. But no, they're still at the other fucking house. It's like, there was so much more they could have done with that, but it just became kind of a sight gag for let's get the black activist group out here singing their songs because yeah, that, that's all that white entire, people know. That entire side thing there with the, yeah, the activist Yeah, it just had, group, it went you know, nowhere. It was just a, oh, hey, remember this I is I mean, it got his house burned that, down. Like, you know, it's like it didn't yeah, become a very complication yeah. either because there, because there were only so many elements no. anyway. Like, like but it did the burning the house down did set up the end of the movie, which was amazing. When Sam Jackson gets to meet up with his wife, he's like, "So, are we ready to move into our home?" And he's like, "I think we need to wait. It needs a, a little, little more work." <laughs> yeah, it's like let's laugh off the hate crime and almost being killed, and the fact our huge house is now in ashes. And, and uh, Nicholas Cage that thought that so Samuel stupid. Jackson's yeah. wife would be white, but it turns out that she wasn't. Yeah, she was spoiler. Not. But that that's that scene didn't make a lot of sense either because the um, he says, well, the the wife asks like, how did you like your stay in the yeah. in the new house? And he says, it needs a little more work. Oh, did we lose? And Linda? she starts new like house. smiling and laughing like that's funny. And I'm thinking, you don't. You don't know about it, though. Like, that shouldn't be funny to you. Well, at the same time, it's like, this was all over the news. So you would have figured she would have seen oh, something about it. Oh, she doesn't watch that TV. She hangs out with her sister. Yeah, true. That's all she does. Well, she doesn't seem to know that any of this stuff went yeah. on. Because, yeah. like, because she asks him, like, well, how was your stay? And she seems, like, earnest about it. She's not like, well, how was your stay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. It, it, fuck this movie. <laughs> it's uh, they, yeah, they, know, they took right? they took uh, real important pressing issues that still exist and uh, compressed them into a useless ninety minute comedy. That's still what kind of trying to make it me. funny. It's like I know a lot of movies were situational comedies, and some of that stuff kind of paid off in dividends. But this just felt like 
was this really a thing during the age we grew up in where it's like, yes, come and watch this delightful movie where the whole movie takes place on the premise of what happens when rich white people meet a black man and hate crimes ensue and racism is just blatantly everywhere because it'll be hijinks and hilarity to make you laugh your ass off. It's like, this was not at all. <laughs> it ends up turning into like a weird, like, buddy comedy yeah and i i I kind of thought there'd be more buddy though in it and there really isn't that much of that either i mean like it's well there's no buddy but there's a lot of brother yeah the the movies the (laughs) movies uh i I guess it was just in too big a hurry like a lot of the stuff just doesn't really you know like doesn't really pop well yeah but that's kind of like a lot i think a lot of 90s comedies it was just let's rush through all the beats on this it'll be funny as we go and then people can get in and out as fast as they can i guess they figured they have it good where they have one scene where they're kind of bonding and then they have another scene where they fight and then they have another scene where stuff gets sorted out yes like the only arc that happened in the movie which was nick cage constantly calling sam jackson brother and homeboy and being told i'm not your brother and bro until at the end until when until they are his yeah. brother <laughs> well you did try to run over a guy with some bloodhounds for me i guess we're cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like it i don't know if they would have just like made it a serious movie at, with funny parts in it what like it, the movie colored been... <laughs> or colors rather oh boy <laughs> <laughs> once upon a time when we were Samuel Jackson was later in uh, John Grisham's uh, A Time to Kill, as opposed to the Nicholas Cage Time to Kill. And uh, yes, it was in it, and I hope they burn in hell. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that movie's also not good. So no, I mean you were saying, and they're also together. Yes, in in Barbet Schroeder's remake of Kiss of Death. Where they fucking <laughs> take Richard Widmark's most iconic role and they give it to Nicolas Cage, this muscle man gangster who says, I hate the taste of metal in my mouth. <laughs> and for Victor Mature, we get fucking David Caruso. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I You know, it's it's stupid because this whole movie, like the situation in the movie, it, it could would have all been resolved if uh, the Tolliver character, uh, the chief of police... Would have just like made a public apology yes. and fired uh, Deputy Donnie. God, fuck you! But the- his name was Donnie. I know. No, 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 no. In 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 real life, a statement would have been issued saying that the situation was most unfortunate, and Deputy Donnie would have been placed on a suspension. Yes, yeah, that's true. A- after you. all, nobody actually died. Get real. Come on now. I know, but I told the seal the same thing. I'm like, all he literally had to do was go. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. My deputy fired at you. My We're bad. gonna fire him. He's gonna be hell without pay. It's like it would have resolved so much. He would have had bad press. It would have been fine. But he's like, mm-hmm. no, fuck this. I'm going to have this guy go and kidnap him. So then I look even better for it. And then that turns into, ah, fuck it. I'll just let him murder the guy. Well, and then I'll take credit for bringing him down. It, yeah. don't, don't forget the victim blaming solution. If Samuel L. Jackson had just bought yeah. like one of those Sony boom boxes, none of this would have happened. Yeah. And let's also not forget, fuck the First Amendment. Because yeah, they, made yeah, they got him on camera saying fuck the First Amendment. Yeah. yeah, as well as my other favorite moment with Brad Dorf, which was, Roger that, Chief, no more Vietnams. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> ha, ha. Uh, not, not even one. Yeah, yeah not even one. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Chief. There was a black man and he fired a gun at me. That was Andrew Sterling. Oh. And then Brad Dorif is literally in tears. Uh, yes, he does. He cries a single tear that turns and, into an eagle and, and flies and, and, away. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and Danny Coleman's like, no, it'll be okay, Brad Dorif. We'll just get that guy in jail and make him be out to be a kidnapper. Are you sure? Yeah, because yeah, it'll be fine. Yes, because non-racist hate crimes make cops sad, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was there any behind-the-scenes stuff, Linda? Yeah, like, yeah we, that did Kate say this? anything about this? at all absolutely not okay. <laughs> i wonder not that what I less to say about this than he did about a honeymoon in vegas he had less to say about this than his superman movie i can't wait till we get to talk but about when, that one. um <laughs> when andy cohen asked uh, samuel jackson about nick cage um he said that he had uh he went over to his house before he had and... a dancer's grace <laughs> fingers like a sailor in <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> he had the he tongue of a twenty dollar um, whore. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he kept giant spiders in his bedpost. God damn! <laughs> his bedpost was surreal. And that he once ate uh, fuku in Japan, which is a uh, blowfish, yes. and it, it it can be really yeah, dangerous. Don't eat Very that. dangerous. Which we all know from watching. So, yes, so deadly fish, deadly fish, tasty fish. <laughs> I'm just gonna imagine that uh, that Nicholas Cage had Samuel L. Jackson do the geisha girl thing, and he ate some fugu off of him. You know. <laughs> God damn it! Now you got me thinking of Mark Hamill in that fucking movie. <laughs> oh, I think I know the movie you oh. mentioned, and uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the very long, pointless movie. Yeah, that's a lot of them. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, we're talking about The Giver. Don't you talk shit Dark Hero! <laughs> Come at me, Mark Hamill. I'm waiting. Yeah. Oh. oh, no. Um, Cage's Kiss would like to take this moment to say that Donnie's opinions do not reflect on oh. <laughs> oh. Why, Fuck movie? Why? You. Why you betray me? By the way, this is another box office bomb, so at least this isn't a thing that's, that went on mm. to be below. Well, that's justice at yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, true, true. So, um... What would you guys do for face off if you Oh if you yeah could so um so movie? uh for um for for Nicolas Cage Billy Drago oh, yeah. yeah it's like oh. I wanted to get the sea monkeys cuz they looked so happy <laughs> And uh for Samuel L Jackson Ken Foree from Dawn of the Dead yeah. uh and uh for uh, Dabney Coleman's character uh Rip Torn you know, because I'm making it good this shit, time. Oh, shit, yeah. You know? um, and uh, Brad Dorf can stay Brad Dorf because he just fits right in now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he yeah. does. Uh, for the neighbors, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Good enough. Yeah, next. <laughs> yeah, good enough. What about you, Donnie? Oh, you first. Okay. Um, if they were to make a remake today, because um, if, if they were going to, if I were to cast it back then, I wouldn't have changed a thing because I, I think they, 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 you know, they it's were they all did pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if they were to make a remake today, I would put Ryan Reynolds or Willem Dafoe as Amos, uh, Nick Cage's character. Uh, for uh, Andrew, I would replace him with uh, shirtless Idris Elba because 
shirtless Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, shirtless Idris Elba purposes. Can and... I get a shirtless uh, Bokeem Sorry. Woodbine while we're doing this? Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. I was like Bokeem okay. Woodbine. He doesn't get enough love. I just went to a happy place. Come um, on, he was in Wishmaster too. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you. <laughs> but also shirtless. What do you Elba. wish, my child? We're going to wish you hadn't said as, that. <laughs> as Tolliver's character, um, I would, um, or the character of Tolliver, I would either put Melissa McCarthy or David uh, Strathairn. Mm-hmm. I think I'm yeah, saying right. Uh, because um, he's awesome. And I would recast Rommel the dog with Danny DeVito. That works. <laughs> Is that a cage I hear Donnie? screaming in the background? <laughs> Always. Uh, okay, so for Nick Cage's part, I would have gone with Gary Busey. Oh, hell yeah! I oh, would have left him and Sam Jackson together, because I think they would have been really That would have been excellent. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And for it would the, be like uh, Loaded Weapon hey, 2. Amos. For Come the uh, neighbor, <laughs> I would cast, and I thank Linda for this inspiration, a shirtless Wayne Knight. And that's how he would be the entire movie. Dennis Nedry, shirtless, as a lawyer who's racist. And for Tolliver, uh, Tom Selleck, because why not? Hey, why not? Hey, it's one of those Jesse Stone things. Yeah, this is just yeah. an early entry in the Jesse Stone series. Jesse Stone's having a rough yes. time. He's running for re-election, and a black guy moved in. Jesse Stone. <laughs> like, like, hey, yeah, we uh, we got a black guy. man in the house. Yeah, it's, it's got a stereo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got to take care of that. It's also the father of my uh, my D and D character, Tom Select. <laughs> <sighs> oh, you know, I like to uh, get them Safeway Select sometime. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have loved seeing Gary Busey in this. Just oh yeah, the yeah, fucking God. place apart. Hey, oh, yeah. hey, dog. I think that'd be. What do you think, of my friend here? <laughs> That's so, so where's my pizza? This is just a box. Where's my pizza? I ordered it. Where's my helicopter? Hot? I don't give a fuck. Where's my pizza? <laughs> I would like to believe you, but unfortunately, hey, I hey, do not. Hey. <laughs> How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? You eighteen? You eighteen? How old are you? Like, Suppose you show me some ideas. Get a real job. Find Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff, you just need to find Jesus. That's all. Yeah, I just saved that girl's life. <laughs> I'm gonna be hanging out with Mr. Go T later. <laughs> We're gonna find yeah. oh, Jesus. Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf I'd replace oh. with fucking Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. Because that would just be oh, wonderful. God. It could be another shirtless Matthew McConaughey. So all right, all right, all right. Oh, God is in his holy temple. <laughs> <laughs> you pointed some car keys at me. That's cool. I That's think... cool. I'm going to shoot you with bullets. Yeah. You're going to need, like, hotter, more, like, hot shirtless guys. If you're gonna have Wayne Knight, you've well, gotta balance We're gonna also <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. If, we're just, if we're having an all shirtless cast, then we gotta get Gwen Danzig <laughs> in here. We're <laughs> <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> also gonna have playing the lawyer's wife is gonna be Keanu Reeves in drag. And yes. that's gonna be because we're awesome and we're mixing this shit up. That's right. For some reason, slathered in lubricant. Yes. Um, <laughs> Did you guys find any cagey wisdom in, in, uh, in yeah, this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't shit? don't don't get one of those uh, big wall stereo unit things. You don't need them. Just get a boombox. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. uh, white people are kinky as fuck, and sea monkeys are bullshit. He could have got a scene going with those white people. Come on now. 
Swingers in the swap. I know. I mean, my God, the um, fucking woman was creaming herself over him until she found out he had a wife. But then when he found out Nick Cage, like, oh yeah, she's probably white. Oh, like, oh. white wife. Ooh. <laughs> I don't do that black mama, white mama stuff. However, yeah, like, maybe we could get to know you and your wife, even though she's white. He he he. Maybe uh. maybe I could scissor your wife. Bring her on over. <laughs> Come on, we're gonna make this happen. Fuck now that's movie. another movie I wish we would have watched instead of this is uh white mama black mama <laughs> you know i'm i'm a, i'm going still going through joe bob's book and he's 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 devoting whole chapters to women in cages movies yeah oh man cool. yeah no apparently 1982 was a big year for that you know you got like chained heat in in, in the concrete jungle yeah man. and i think also in caged heat you also had the uh actress from pretty peaches also had a problem <laughs> you also had the uh Hey. Mix of porn actresses <laughs> and uh, Ted movies. V. Michael's Ten Violent Women also came out around them, in which there are never actually ten women. It's brilliant. Which also, I guess, <laughs> in a Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon thing, also leads into the fake movie trailer that was made of Nick Cage for the uh, Grindhouse Grindhouse movie. Oh yeah, where he plays uh, Fu Manchu, the Fu Manchu, yeah, and the yeah. werewolf women of the SS. Oh god, yeah. You know what's funny about that Maybe is like it's like about about I think like about six or seven years before that came out, my brother and I were having a long conversation about how we would for serious cast the Flash Gordon movie if they were to try to do it again, and and for Ming the Merciless are. Our unequivocal choice was Nicolas Cage. That really would have worked. Yeah. But I would also like okay. to bring the mood down, just like this movie, now that we're uplifted, by mentioning that a few years before Grindhouse came out was also a wonderful film that Leonard likes to also try to forget sometimes that we were in of Carnival the Damned. Yeah, no, oh, I... Yeah, why don't, why don't we mention that? <laughs> because everybody's forgotten about Carnival of the Damned. So Linda actually showed me the DVD of this. Uh, or was it a Blu-ray? I don't remember what, you know. Like, oh, it was a Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, you, you, th you think you were both there. Like, like, it was fucking So I, I, uh, I had the laptop, and I, in real time, I went and I reviewed it on IMDb because I still had an IMDb account back then. I mean, who the fuck needs one now? And this is my my favorite Adrian's. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, no, it's, it was, it was, it was, and before I wrote my review, I'm like, well, okay, is this movie getting its just desserts? Now, of course, it's a movie nobody's seen, right? It's like the only way you could see it is to buy yeah. the disc on Amazon. You can't stream it anywhere, you know? Um, yeah. And all the reviews were written by people who had to be either crew members or the family and friends of the director. Because yeah. it had all ridiculous, glowing 10 star reviews. So I'm like, well, okay, we need a real review here. So, I, and so of course, I, you know, I fucking gutted the movie because it was just, it was just shit on every level. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. everything that was wrong with it. Bad redubbing, like characters who thought they were super cool, you know, like, like useless flashbacks. It doesn't go anywhere. The zombies are stupid, you know, and they add fake film grain over the whole movie. And it's not even like good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no, not, it's there's horrible. nothing, there's nothing, there is nothing redeeming about this movie. So I wrote the only bad review and I pointed out my review. By the way, mine is the only bad review and the only one not related to the director. <laughs> and, uh, and, and my review well, immediately think, uh, started getting all these thumbs down. I'm like, ah, yeah. ah, yeah, try to fight it. It's the truth though. <laughs> Didn't they try getting you banned on there for posting the review? I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if they did that. Yeah. I mean, my, my account's not there anymore, but, I, but that's probably because the email that I used for it was something I never checked. 
Yeah. And I guess they they check that periodically. Yeah. I mean, like, but like I've I've been booted from IMDb before for various reasons. Like that was where I first started doing like internet interning, you know, way oh, yeah. the hell back in the day. But that movie was far worse than this movie could ever be. Yeah, I mean this yeah, this movie, even though it's not directed times. by a director, like like it's clear that the DP knew what they were doing. Like it was edited, you know. Like there was probably even a visual consultant. You know, the camera dollies sometimes. You can hear the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> And it's an amazing cast for uh, for Amos yeah, and you know, there's technically yeah. characters, <laughs> which they did make a joke at least one point in the movie about don't put your name and my name together. And, and he doesn't explain it, oh, yeah, but wait. in 1993, yeah. people would still remember that Amos and Andy had happened. Yes, exactly. That's why they yeah. put it. It's like ah, you white people are old enough to remember this because we know you're the ones that went to see this piece of shit. And you know, I mean, if if you were watching TV Land around 1993, you could probably see some Amos and Andy. Yeah. Yeah, even yeah. though in, uh, up until at least up until the mid '80s, it was not available a lot because people were really pissed off about it. Now I can see people being pissed off about the radio drama because yeah. it, both characters mm-hmm. are voiced by white guys because those two right. two white guys created yeah. the characters, and they did do one film of it, uh, check and double check, where the characters do do it in blackface. And I think at that point right. it was the '40s, and so nobody thought that was weird, you know, except probably black people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But the, the two guys, they didn't like having done the film, so they didn't repeat the experience. And and then it went on to be a TV show with actual African-American actors. And yeah. like people look back on it. It's like, oh, look at that. You know, their opportunities are so limited. These are broad stereotypes. It's like, yeah, but it also got black people on the TV. You know, like and it was speaking of. Uh, oh, my God. There's a continuity error movements. in this movie. I mean, oh, there's probably several. But like all. towards the end, when Danny Coleman's giving the, the press conference and he says he's. uh Proud to have uh, uh, Andrew Sterling on the island. Uh, the, one of the lenses of his uh, tinted sunglasses is missing in one shot. Oh, they're and then missing. Back in the next. Yeah. yeah. It's missing, then it's cracked. Yeah, right? it's, it's missing, then it's cracked. Yeah. yeah. And then we get this terrible oh slow mo yeah, thing with the bloodhounds that. chasing him and he's trying to run at night. Oh, no, I think that happened when he. Um... He fell down the stairs, uh, like from the porch, because he yeah. was uh, he was tied up. Do we see him right. putting it back in? Though? But no, no, because he had his hands uh, in front of him and he had his glasses on while he's giving the interview. Okay, so it's just they did two different takes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, continuity. Damn it. Well, but in the name of progressiveness, the wisdom. Uh, uh-huh. If you would like, you can pick this movie up as a double feature in the $5 bin at Walmart, and it comes conveniently enough, oddly enough, I should say, instead of conveniently enough, with Song of the South. So I guess you can <laughs> oh enjoy two wonderful classic movies. Plenty of sunshine coming I my way. I didn't know that like, <laughs> Song of the South was available anymore. Well, if you look in the fantasy Walmart, it is totally available. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, there's a fucking Mickey Mouse agent out there going, hey, give me that movie. But I want to watch it. No. <laughs> oh, we never movie. made that movie. <laughs> I it will shoot you in the head. <laughs> it's a fucking <laughs> <of your> imagination. <laughs> Woohoo! Yes, Walt Disney Company never made a racist Fantasia was always ten minutes long. There was never anything else in it, okay? Let's just get that straight right now. Stop it with your fantasies. What are you accusing me of? So you were saying about wisdom? Ah, the only wisdom I could find was one, when you're in the U.S., Canada's north, and that dogs are colorblind. It was set in Alaska. He was going in the right direction. He tried. Oh, how he tried. (laughs) Uh, so I was uh, I, I I frequently check out the uh, One True God Reddit 
And um, somebody had this beautiful, um, b- these beautiful poems on here that were written just solely with um, with Nick Cage Holy movie shit. titles. If I you can share one. one. Isn't that kind of what we did with our Tales from the Cage? <laughs> <laughs> Should I wait for Tales no, from the I Cage? No, I want to hear this <laughs> damn poem. Okay. Ahem. <clears throat> Valley girl, wild at heart. Next, Peggy Sue got married. Honeymoon in Vegas. Knowing the trust stolen. Drive angry, seeking justice. Mom and dad racing with the moon. Moonstruck. Left behind, dying of the light. Joe, the runner. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's, we, we probably could have done something um, that good if we hadn't just been spitballing it. <laughs> <laughs> so had a bad. Thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you so much to the uh, to the poet Double T, who is uh, has his uh, own radio uh, podcast station. Oh, excuse me, at uh, UVA Radio from the University of UV V like Victor. UTI? Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks under like. Victor's UVA? asshole. I'll go with UTI. Mm-hmm. UTI. I'm, just, I'm just I'm just trying to yeah. phoneticize right now, <laughs> uh, partly because I work on phones radio. for a living, and you know, like I don't want people looking up the wrong thing. Well, um, I, I do know for sure it's the podcast station for the University of Amsterdam. Hot damn, it's Amsterdam. Don't you like nothing else can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do we have any That is not your cage's kiss song. I need to get a pickup band together and like write a bunch of parody Van Halen songs and make Van Heflin 4. <laughs> Oh, like uh, Rocket Vagina? Well, that was that was more of an Aerosmith parody. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so please, please, please listen, follow, rate, and review Cage's Kiss on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, and YouTube. If you don't have a Podcoin account, but you'd like to, to create one, remember to use the code Cage's Kiss, all is one word, no apostrophe, that's C-A-G-E-S-K-I-S-S, to get extra points for you and for us. And remember, you can find Cage's Kiss on Facebook and on Twitter at Cage's Kiss. And you can visit our website at cageskiss.com. You can also write to us at cageskiss at gmail.com. Donnie, do you have any plugs? Unreal goals at Twitter. And the boy who blew because he needed the money. On YouTube, RedTube. <laughs> The boy who blew Adrian. The boy who blew Adrian is a new novelization (laughs) being broadcast on Lifetime Movie Network under the same name. Looking for it later this year. Look for the talk book by Miramax. Coming to a theater near you. We're ready to believe you. (laughs) God damn it. Um, I'm I'm still uh, Leo the That's where I'm most active. And AA Smith on YouTube. You can also find that by just typing Leo the Fox into YouTube. I, you know, bitch about books and various things, and I make the artworks and sometimes the animations when I get off my lazy ass. It it, it really is pretty awesome. You yeah, should check it out. It's pretty awesome. Um, we would also like to thank Arjun and Marco Lolololololol for their awesome reviews for the Arjun, you did hold your head up. Please, we want your feedback. And you could flame Adrian and give us positive reviews, please. Give us your money. And and your monies. Uh, We'll be seeing you next week with Red Rock. Hells yeah! A good movie again! It's been so long. 
Fuck the First Amendment. <laughs> You're welcome, brother. Fuck the First Amendment, everybody. We're not your brother. <laughs> I'm not. Cage. 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 I could eat a peach for hours. Please.